going on everyone welcome to episode number 40 of the creator series here on the proven knowledge podcast today i had a guest she's a baltimore native uh but she's living in atlanta currently uh an artist that i've been working with probably for the last three or four months now her name is Camille lauren uh she's a really dope singer songwriter she just dropped her first well not her first ep her second ep called love plays uh, we talked a little bit about kind of the story that went into that and how it kind of was formulated from a uh, bad relationship she got out of and kind of how she took those stories from said relationship and kind of, you know, wove them into the music that she ended up making for the project. I think it was about six songs. Um, not really sure. I'll leave the link in the YouTube so you guys can check that out and hear it and everything. Um, but other than that, we talked about mental health today. Uh, she runs a mental health, like kind of like an organization and helps out with a lot of different um, advocacy for mental health. And I thought that was super important because, um, you know, I, I've said this in the show before and I'll say it in the episode. Um, you know, a lot of us have a lot of issues that we're dealing with on the daily that have nothing to do with, you know, music or anything like that. So, you know, if we have these problems and we have other people we can talk to to help us get through these issues, uh, that's always super important because if you have a lot of things blocking, you know, what you're trying to achieve in life and the goals you're trying to get to, it's really hard to do that. And I myself have fallen victim to that many days where I'm just like feeling down and out. But, you know, there's always people out there who are going through what you're going through, no matter if you see it or not. So, um, you know, that's another link I'll leave in the description of the YouTube so you can check that out. But yeah, I think, you know, overall this episode, what I got from Kamel is just to really just be yourself, you know what I mean? Be honest in your craft, really uh, show people what you care about and show people that you have intent, good intent. Um, and I think that's just where, you know, a lot of the success comes from no matter what you're creating and no matter what you're doing. As long as you're moving with a good purpose and you're moving in your passion, I feel like you can see great success. And I'm looking forward to working with Kamel moving forward and we have, we might have some music coming soon. I don't want to reveal too much, but, uh, I'll let you hear this episode and get an introduction to her. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, welcome everyone to episode number 40 of the Proven Knowledge Podcast. This is the Creator Series. Today we have a Baltimore native. Uh, She's in Atlanta right now, actually. She's a really dope singer-songwriter, content creator. Uh, Her name is Kamel Lauren. How are you? I am well. I am K to the A to the Kamel, and I'm so glad that you have me on your podcast today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you very much again. Obviously, me and you have, you know, had conversations in the past and everything, and I figured, you know, why not get you on here to kind of give a little bit of your story for everyone that doesn't know. And so to start out the episode, uh, speaking of that, just kind of give a little bit of background information, kind of how you got into music, uh, your artist name, all that good stuff. So... As you stated, I am from Baltimore, and as a kid, I've always been interested in the arts, whether it was singing or acting, uh, as well as writing, but I would have to say that I first started in, uh, I actually started dancing when I was in middle school, and I wasn't able to sing yet. Like, I could sing. That's something that a lot of people in my family or friends would say, hey, you're a really good singer. But I couldn't get trained because they say, you know, as a woman, even as a a male, once you hit puberty, that's when they want to train you because your voice can change so many times. And 
they want to be able to develop you and, and keep you for the long run. So it's not that you can't do it. It's just that they don't suggest until you're around like 11 years old. So that's when I professionally started doing like vocal lessons, but I didn't consistently did that. I more so like played sports or dance or uh, play the piano. And then in high school, I did the um, program at Peabody Institute in Baltimore. I was in their vocal program for four years. And the reason why I did their program is because I did not get into the Baltimore School for the Arts. And my family wanted to make sure that I still train my voice. So that's really how I started off with music and, and singing. But I think being involved in the arts has always been something that I have done throughout my entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I didn't know like how you got kind of started in it. I know that you've been putting out songs for the last couple years and everything, and I didn't know like the full background of it. So that's kind of interesting. And you had like the formal training too, because I know that helps a lot of different people out when they have that background and not just like jump into it later because you're able to actually, like you said, develop your voice at least early on to kind of know like your range and everything. And you have other people kind of guiding you here and there. So you kind of have always known that you were kind of meant to be a singer in a way, honestly. Yeah. I, um, I'll say I, I can give you a, a memory from knowing that I could sing. It was dilemma, Kelly Rowland and Nelly. I was like, I don't know what year that came out. So let's say I was six or seven and I was singing it in the car. And my dad was like, oh my goodness and I'm like why is he saying oh my goodness so he called one of his friends and that I think it was somebody I called like my uncle and he was like hold on and he turned the radio down and he told me to keep going and he said who is this and they said uh Kelly Rowland and then they were like but who who's singing right now and they were like uh I mean it, it sounds good like I'm not really sure where you're getting at and he was like it's Kayla and they were like what it's Kayla, you know, because Kayla is, Kayla is, I know you asked about my stage name, but Kayla is my birth name. So um, he was like, yeah, it's Kayla. And then he was having me sing for different people. And that's the first time that I really recognized it. Cause I just thought it was a normal thing. Uh, my grandmother used to sing Summertime, uh, Billie Holiday's rendition of it. She used to sing that to me and I would sing it when I was four. And my mom would sing as well. So I just thought, people sing I didn't think it was a, a thing of being good at singing or not mm. until the moment where my dad is having me sing for people and they're like oh my goodness you're good that's when I was like oh I can sing like mm. and that's when they were trying to like figure out how to get me some training and all of mm. that were you, were you ever like intimidated by that at such a young age for people to be like telling you these types of things or did you was it kind of just second nature did, did you kind of just approach I it as like it's good that it happened that way mm -hmm. because I am sometimes like I I am challenged with mental health like with uh, depression or anxiety mm -hmm. and if I had if it hadn't have gone that way I think I wouldn't have been as confident but because it was so many different people encouraging me at a young age then if someone asked me to sing I wasn't nervous I just did it because I'm like okay cool I'll do it as opposed to when I got older like social anxiety came but it, it would never was like with me performing it always was just like me being me mm. like it never really had anything to do with performing like right before a performance of course you get butterflies and jitter a little bit but like I didn't really feel like oh 
dis- discouraged or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So to kind of touch on the mental health thing a little bit, I know that the last you know year and change for a lot of people has been very difficult. A lot of people have lost jobs. A lot of people are kind of in an uncertain you know scenario. So for you, is there anything that you've learned during this whole pandemic and a lot of other things that you've kind of taken and been able to find a positive out of? I learned that something that I've heard so much but didn't really make sense until last year, which is it's okay to not be okay. Because it was so many different things happening last year mm-hmm. for everybody. And it was kind of like taking a magnifying glass and putting on everything. And I felt like, how can I handle this? Like, I had, I had four different losses last year. And then me feeling like, I've been in Atlanta since 2019, but I was finally able to be more active and maybe do more stuff in film last year. Mm -hmm. As soon as I'm ready to do that, everything's shut down. You can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, it's the new normal and quote unquote new normal. And it was so many different things, but I was able to not give up. On what I wanted to do, I was able to still create in the midst. And I know for some people, it got very tough where they were discouraged and they didn't want to do anything. But I learned to keep pushing through it regardless. And that was good. It was good for me to experience things differently. Um, With you asking about the mental health, I'm a mental wellness advocate. And with my business, The Art of Healing, KL, I started it initially as a senior project, a senior thesis in college to deal with grief and loss. But as time went on and I started working with the Modern Crowd podcast, I made it a blog and a business to be about mental health and mental wellness in general. And I think last year, although that's not anything I wanted to go through, having a uh, I wouldn't say all the losses I had were so, so difficult. They were, of course, difficult. But my great-grandmother passed away in April. That's when things were really peaking. So I was not able to travel and go to her funeral. And I'm not used to having that type of experience. I'm used to still being able to be around my family. I'm in a totally different state. I'm not able to travel. I'm not able to grieve with the people I want to grieve with. So that was different, but it showed me alternate ways of healing because I already, you know, that's what the business is about, how you can heal through the arts or holistically. But I was able to still find a way to work on myself and be fine, although I wasn't in the presence of my family. I was still trying to find ways to connect with them. And of course, things became virtual. We did things through Zoom or we did phone calls. So that was a new experience. So you just got to find a way to adapt. I would say that's that's the big part of um, mental health and everything last year and this year, mm-hmm. adapting. And I think it's good, too, to like kind of get pushed out of your comfort zone even when it's not like what you expected per se because you end up being able to develop those new skills that you didn't even know you had to begin with and you like you get into a certain point where you don't have a choice but to develop those new skills and everything so that's kind of good to kind of view it like that um i was gonna ask do you have like a website for like your uh mental health organization or anything so um it's actually on my blog is actually on the modern 
Okay. And it's modern crowd with the crowd is without a O when you spell it. And um, I have an Instagram page for it, but I, I'm really just based on their website since I'm a part of their brand as well. Okay. Yeah, I'll have you uh, send me the uh, links for that and everything because I, I want to like link it with this podcast because I think that's very important. And I'm glad to hear that you're a part of something so cool because I really feel like I say it in a lot of episodes of the show is just it starts with that you know what i mean like if you can't if you're not mentally well and you're like you feel very down and low at a lot of points in your day and in your life in general it's going to be hard to have success at all and no matter what you're doing because you really have a lot of issues you're dealing with so it's important to address the issues uh that we all have that we all deal with every single day i even have days where it's just like seems like nothing's working like i could be having a lot of wins all the time but i feel like nothing's coming together i feel kind of like i'm failing in a lot of things so like everyone deals with this type of thing so i feel like you know before we get into being you know successful and specifically in music in general uh if you know you're dealing with this type of thing i think it's very important to get help and find other people that can you know talk you through these situations and everything so i just wanted to you know commend you for bringing that up and uh yeah just send me all the links to that and i'll i'll be sure to put that with this podcast for sure um, so back to the music though, uh, I know, I know I saw today you posted about your, uh, uh, influencer who was Janae Aiko, one of your biggest music influences. And I'm a huge Janae fan myself, but I was also wondering who else, what other artists, um, would you say are your biggest influences and have helped you to kind of become the singer you are now? So I would say since I love all types of music, well, I won't even take it that far out because I was about to really give you a long, long list, but let's just take it to like my main. So for me, as a kid, I would say like my mom taught me that listening to Brandy or Whitney Houston or even Mariah Carey, when you sing the songs that they have, they teach you how to sing them. I don't know where she got that from, but she literally said that to me and then it was always it always felt comfortable to sing their songs. I love Aaliyah. Hmm. I really I really love Aaliyah. Of course I love Beyonce, but I love um I love her work ethic. Like her style of music of course is amazing, but I don't really follow I don't really follow her style of music because that's not the type of music I want to make, although I love all her songs. I just follow her mentality, how she, how her work ethic is, how her dedication is. Like her and Rihanna, they really like. If you've ever seen them perform or have like a like their concerts, like I've gone to the on on the run tour and I've gone to the Loud concert and I think maybe rated out R for Rihanna. They run the show. They're making sure the lights are going, making sure you know the musicians are and dancers are doing what they're supposed to do making sure everything's on point so I strive to have that type of dedication but when I think of like what influences my style in music like what I'm with the ballpark that I'm in and who I feel like I could easily like collaborate with if I had the opportunity to meet them it would be Janae Iko or her or Summer Walker because I feel like when I listen to them they're not just the conventional like R&B singers they're incorporating poetry so even like 
if you think of flow, which you can have like a different type of style. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> like that just was really loud. But, uh, hold on, I guess I'll mute for a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like right outside. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? I don't know what's going on. I hope whoever is okay. But, um, yeah, I I like music that tells a story. And that's what I want to do. I want to be vulnerable in my music. So those are the type of artists that I listen to. Artists that are really, like, expressing themselves, like, and in, in writing their music. Because, you know, everybody who's an artist isn't, talented in that area but the artists that i i listen to are like i like the most they inspire me because they're sharing their story or or writing their own music and not to say there's anything wrong with someone who doesn't but i do have appreciation for someone who can Hmm. well you you kind of just answered my second question which was about dream collab so you kind of were ahead of the ball there but uh i wanted (laughs) to move on then to what advice have you been given about approaching a music career that you'd say is probably you've kind of taken and ran with and was really good advice that kind of have stuck with you so far? So far, see, the reason why this is a little bit difficult difficult is because the advice that I was given and I felt like it was such amazing advice, it was to start off like, being in the background and doing something and just getting your foot in and I feel like I do do that but with me doing so many different things I still I feel like I'm still trying to go after what I want not saying that when you are in the background that you don't still do what you need to do to get where you want to go but I know a lot of stories that I've heard of artists is that, oh, they were a songwriter first and they didn't release any music. They just were a songwriter for years and years for other people. And then finally they released their music. And I think that's good, but I'm just trying to see the way I can do it and what my story is. But I think the other word of advice that I heard was that it's not easy. So, you know, don't be hard on yourself work hard but don't be hard on yourself and those things came from uh, my friend LaDonna she's I am she promo she's done a lot in the music industry and it also came from my grandfather and my dad although they're not in the music industry they're all about well my dad has done some things in the music industry but my grandfather really doesn't do any of that but they they're all about um taking care of yourself and working hard, be diligent. So like, I guess having the mindset of, of Nipsey Hussle, like the marathon, like it's, it's, it's not a race, it's a marathon. So like when you're preparing for a marathon, you know, you're training, you're, you're eating right. You're really preparing. So I think it's all about preparation and those are different, like, I guess, nuggets that I've received from people that I think serve an importance in my life. Mm -hmm. So that kind of bleeds into what I had next, which was for you, I know you wear a lot of different hats like we talked about. So is there a a struggle for you with time management as far as like you want to devote certain time to music and you want to devote certain times to content, then you have your personal life. Like how have you been dealing with that, especially in the last year? Honestly, I think the past year has actually helped more 
Just with the although, time, with the time, you think? Are, like the free time? Just with the free time more? Yeah, because at some point, I, you know, I still, I still work a nine to five, but um, at some point with the pandemic, everybody was just home. So during that time, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do this, that, and the other. So with con- content creation, I worked with the CG Network, and I wrote a couple episodes for two of their shows. And, of course, like, I I thought about, like, it really sparked something, something in me to want to be like, okay, like, I could really do this, like, in my free time. If I'm home, if I don't want to be on social media all day or do anything mindless, I can write a script or, or do something creative, right? Mm-hmm. But then with music, it's like, I really had a goal to release that EP by my birthday. So... I took the time to figure out when I was going to go to the studio, how I was going to do it, because I was like, you know, with COVID, how, like, what what's going to be the way we can do things. Of course, sanitize the booth, sanitize, you know, whatever area you're in. But, you know, do I go to this studio or that studio? Like, what doesn't have a lot of traffic coming in so I can stay safe? So... I think me having more free time gave me the ability to still create. But even with me going back to work, I was able to figure out within that time how to have time management. So on my days off, yeah, days off should be for you resting, they say. It should. I think I I take a day of rest, but usually I end up doing, like, the podcast or going out and shooting something for me personally on my off days and I feel like I might be tired but uh, they like I think this is saying I'm pretty sure it's a saying like why are you complaining about having so much on your plate isn't that what you wanted mm. so I feel like I just push push myself I try not to over exert myself but I push myself to do whatever it is I want to do because I think that everybody should feel like in this life they're able to accomplish everything they want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So I think with time management, I've um, over the last year gained more time management skills than I've had before. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think everybody's like situations are totally different. It's just about finding like what is comfortable for you daily. Like, are, do you have the time to do everything that you're trying to do? And if you don't have time to do everything you're trying to do, you might want to kind of reevaluate certain things. But for you, I guess it sounds like you have it kind of figured out, at least for now, like how you're going to. For, for now, I do. Um, I know things change. Like certain weeks, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't do this. Uh, is there any way I can push it back? Like yeah. uh, I did a collaboration last week where I was working with the boutique to help them with their content creation as far as promoting them but also for me to um I'll I'll go ahead and share this with you because I didn't post it yet but on Sunday I'm dropping performances of live performances of my EP so I went to different locations and formed every song and that's one of the locations, the boutique I went to last week, Air Supply Company. Uh, when I went there last week, it wasn't just to promote what they had going on, but to pro- promote myself. And I know the 
two or three weeks prior to that, I was not able to do it. We had to keep trying to fit because it wasn't just my schedule. I can't just think of myself when I'm working with other people. Mm-hmm. People have lives. Like you said, everybody has their own life. I had to figure out what my part, business partner could do, what my promo person could do, what the person who owns the place could do. Like It's so many different factors, but I still got it together. Mm-hmm. And in I try not to have too many backup plans, but I try to always keep my bases covered. So if something wasn't going to work out with that, if I needed to go somewhere else as far as not promoting them but performing, then I had a list of different locations that I wanted to go to. So it's about making sure you have your bases covered mm-hmm. in in what you're trying to do as well. Mm-hmm. All very super important. Now let's get into that EP you're talking about, Love Plays. Uh Congrats, by the way, on that. That was great uh, body of work and everything. Uh, I wanted to know kind of what went into creating this EP, kind of what the inspiration was for it, and if you want to just kind of touch on, like, the story behind it. So what went into creating the EP? Um, Initially, I planned on just working with Private Boy Productions, which are two of my friends from college, Sean and Deshaun. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's like Sean and Sean. But um, Sean was actually in the first single that I ever had on all platforms, Blue Beats. He was in the music video for that. And he also is a producer and a rapper. He's an artist. So he introduced me to Deshaun and I found out he did music as well. And then they collaborated and started collaborating on beats together which is private boy production so i said to myself let me just do a project and i'll you know just work with these producers but then i started thinking about the response i got from blue beats and also at some point i released 24 8 on soundcloud uh, it was a different version than the one that's on the ep it was only like uh, i had a bridge at the end and it was just me on the song it wasn't a feature but I, I saw how people responded to those songs versus in October of 2019, I released an EP called More Songs About You. When I released that, I released that, I think at that time, a lot of artists were dropping something that day. And all my friends were in college and had midterms and stuff. So the kind of support that I needed from that wasn't really happening and then I also felt like the quality that I had the quality of work that I had could have been a lot better could have been more radio ready so what I did was I took a year to write and to find different beats and to put together a project and instead of redoing the project I already did I thought like a lot of my songs are about love and people like that people like when I'm being real so why not and it wasn't that the other EP wasn't real or wasn't about my story but I felt like Love Plays would be a more concrete vision so it came from um it came from December of 2019 me finding out that the person I dealt with in college had pretty much deceived me and made up things about me and I had no idea I had to find that out the hard way like being put in unnecessary drama and being confused not knowing you know what's going on and when that happened I said oh I'm gonna like I of course I knew I was gonna write music but I said oh I'm gonna write a poetry book so I, I 
gathered all the poems that I wrote about him and the situation or guys that I had dealt with in the past. And I created a poetry book called The Games I Played. But I wasn't ready to release that yet. And then I got more interested in my music and trying to push that so I decided to record the project and I said it should be called love plays because love is a game and I feel like love is a game for the simple fact that there's always let's say it's the chasing factor like someone's going to chase the other person or not or I'm going to pretend I don't really like this person that much to get what I want and it's just like a lot of it's unnecessary but at the end of the day whether you want to play or not if someone is playing a game with you then you're automatically playing the game love so that's the concept of love plays and I want I I also called it love plays so it could connect to the games I played so like the the poetry book I wanted it to really be an ongoing theme and I think that also came from the fact that in November of 2019 I heard a podcast that the guy was actually on the guy that I went to college with and the episode was called uh the game and he was talking about how all he did was play games with women. And I was, like, totally thrown off because I'm like, if he's saying that's all he did, that includes me. Mm. And, you know, that was, like, a reality check for me. Although, like, finding out about everything that was said and done that December was more of a reality check. Uh, initially, the trigger for me was the game, that podcast. Mm. Well, that's crazy. I didn't really know the concept. And even from, like, the cover art with, like, the game controllers and everything, like, I like how you kind of tied that all in then with the whole theme and everything for thank you. kind of what your personal experience was. And I even heard in the music just, like, you could tell from a listener standpoint that, like, that was all very real. Like, you didn't fabricate any of that. That was all your personal experience and everything. And uh, I feel like that's probably why even you mentioned your EP before. I feel like this, you took as much time with it as you did. And it got that good reception because you just kept it completely honest and rooted in your story. You know what I mean? So uh, I commend you on that for sure. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll put the uh, link for that in the description as well because I want people to check that out. On uh, It's on all streaming platforms, I think, right? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, Love Plays EP. Uh, go check that out. Now, do you have anything... Uh, in the works right now that we can expect for the rest of 2021 music wise so music wise i want to continue to push love please but i um am there were like a couple of songs that i only posted on instagram i took i think i took one of them down no i think both of them are down now but like they were kind of related to being in the pandemic or quarantine and some like a couple of them were fun and like one of them was like a serious song about like everything culturally going on like you know everything that was going on with like um black lives matter and all of that during this pandemic so like i know i had one serious song but the other two songs were like it was a love song and um it's on soundcloud it's called when the world opens up and it wasn't an official like track it's something i just was like oh i'm gonna get on band lab and <laughs> and record 
something. So I did that, and then I did um, this song called Ride, and it was like kind of had like a Baltimore beat, and a lot of people thought it was funny when I made a. It kind of seemed like a parody video in a sense when I put a video on Instagram, but I'm trying to find a, a new beat for that because when I went to buy the exclusive rights to that, someone already had it, and and um. I was kind of thinking it would be cool to do a project surrounding the pandemic, you know, thoughts that I had, even if it was just being silly or even if it had to do with love or something serious. So I think that's what I want to drop, but I'm not really sure about the timing. I think it's probably something I should drop before we're finished with the pandemic but we also don't know when that's ever going to end so (laughs) i'm not really sure well i'm looking forward to whatever you have coming uh this year for sure uh so i I only got a couple questions left and then we'll wrap it up uh if you could go back 10 years ago maybe give yourself advice uh maybe not change anything what do you think you'd do so 10 years ago i was 14 (laughs) i was in high school i probably would have told myself that uh oh yes So when I was 14, I was still trying to get into Baltimore School for the Arts because they had, I think they let sophomores in sometimes. So I was really like, that was my goal. I think I would have told myself that it was okay because I had been, uh, I think I didn't mention this earlier, but I was in their program in middle school in the eighth grade. So I thought that uh, usually that makes your chances higher to get into school. But I really was like, thinking that would be the end-all be-all because something that inspired me as a kid was the movie Step Up and they filmed some of that there so I was like I have to go to this school or thinking about fame the movie fame like I'm like I have to go to an art school for for high school I have to I have to and when I was 14 I'm in a trade school <laughs> for high school and I'm like I think I just joined drama club initially I was in volleyball and I was just like, you know, all I want to do is leave the school and go to Baltimore School of the Arts. But I think I should have told myself, instead of being so sad and upset about it, that it was okay and that I was still going to have fun and that in life you might not always get what you want, but what's supposed to happen will happen for you. Mm-hmm. No matter if it's good or bad, everything happens for a reason. So I think I would have really stressed that to myself so that I would be a little bit more lighthearted and be able to go through things a little smoother because I'm not saying that everything was like terrible or anything but I think I wouldn't have stressed so much over little things Mm -hmm. had I known that information Mm -hmm. so 10 years from now where do you think you see yourself in your career 10 years from now I really see myself um, not having to work a nine to five and just being in my passion and really being a content creator, being a creative because being, I tell people, a lot of people will say, you said I I wear a lot of different hats and they'll say, what do you do? The reason why I say I'm a creative is because that's the umbrella for everything that I do. Being a creative is everything that I want and everything that I'm doing by creating content for myself and others. So I see myself just doing that and being in a, a happier state because I'm not unhappy, but I want to be more free in who I am. And I think that's where I'll be in the next 10 years. Now, I know you're on uh, Instagram. Are you on any other social media where people can find you at? 
yeah, I'm also on Twitter. Um, my Instagram, my well, my social media handles are all uh, Kamel Lorraine on Instagram and Twitter. It's Kamel K A M E L underscore L A U R Y N. On Facebook, it's K A apostrophe capital M E L, and then Lauren L A U R Y N. Um, you can pronounce it Lorraine or Lauren. I let people choose just because initially it was Lauren and then I had a friend from the islands who pronounced it Lauren and I really loved it. It had a ring to it. And uh, I don't know if you were about to ask me this, but you said something about it earlier. My stage name comes from my uh, first name and my middle name. My first name is Kayla and my middle name is Amel. And Amel comes from Amel LaRue, the singer. My mom really liked her. And um, when she was pregnant with me, she, I think they, like her and Lauren Hill came to the college that I actually went to, Morgan State University. And and my grandmother was in a meeting because my grandmother did like some media there. She was doing a a radio show there on WEAA. And my grandmother said their presence when they walked in the room really captured everybody's attention and they had good energy and that's what my mom wanted for me so she had my middle name as Amel and me just remembering that story made me think you know what if I incorporated in that incorporated that in my stage name because my dad and I jokingly made Camille Kayla and Amel as a kid for a sandwich we made together but when I was thinking of having a stage name I was like what if I still use Kamel and then what if I added you know uh, Lauren to it so that's where that came from mm-hmm. that's that's super awesome that's that's getting creative right there for sure um <laughs> do, do you have any final words of wisdom for the listeners today My final words of wisdom is for everybody to know that um, through this time, try to motivate yourself. And if you can't motivate yourself, look up different videos or Google different tools that you might want to use to help you further yourself so that you can keep going because this is a tough time in our lives, but it's not going to last forever. And you have to just be you and be safe Hmm. and always stay positive that's another thing like yes always no matter what just keep pushing so Kamel thank you very much uh like I said I appreciate you getting back with me about being on the show obviously me and you are going to keep working together on different stuff and uh I wish you luck on your music yes I'm excited yeah I wish you luck on your music all your other endeavors you got going uh you know it seems like you've got a lot going for you so hopefully we can do this again sometime as well thank you I wish you luck as well Thank you guys for listening today. That was episode number 40. We'll be back same time next week. As always, hit that support button on your podcast streaming platform if you want to send any funds. Thank you very much.